Hey Nerd Nation, welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast. My name is Justin and I'm here to talk about something that's probably been the biggest uh, influence on my Star Wars fandom since I was five years old. So more than the majority of my life I've been involved with this thing we're going to talk about today. And I have my good friend from Michigan here, as usual, to talk Star Wars. Harry, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Justin? Glad to be here. Yeah. Glad you're here to talk about this awesome thing. <laughs> and uh, probably the biggest thing that has influenced a lot of Star Wars fans uh, throughout the years, throughout the decades of Star Wars, is this uh, idea that you can collect and obtain a part of the Star Wars universe, be part of the story, you know, however you want to see it. There's just a lot of, it's a way to be invested and involved in all the stories that we see in books and movies and all that stuff. So we'll be talking Star Wars collecting and um, whether that's action figures or movie posters or comics or books or Legos, Star Wars Legos is a huge thing nowadays and it's been big for quite some time. And so we're gonna get into you know all these things that we have liked to collect over the years and some things that maybe we haven't, but it's still out there. I think um, Star Wars collecting pretty much changed the movie industry, right? It uh, had a huge effect on just fans in general and how they perceive the franchises that they love to watch, the movies they love to watch, the shows, the TV shows, and all that stuff. So we'll get into a little bit of like how that whole psychology is, how it affects you know people and you know, how they view the movies. So for you, Harry, uh, we've been talking about collecting, doing a collecting podcast episode for a while. Um, what's like, what's probably the big thing or one of the main things you want to address during this episode that you're looking forward to? I think maybe the history of our collecting and uh, how we got started and where we're at today and where we're going. Yeah. So kind of the history of it all and how, how it's, you know, affects us moving forward too. Okay. I can, I can get down with that. Also, so I think, go ahead. uh, sorry. Uh, I, I, something I've just thought of was that I find interesting is how the original star Wars toys kind of changed toys a lot, really. Yeah. Um, and, uh, how it influenced kids all through like, especially the eighties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you don't know the history of it, there's plenty of articles, podcast episodes about the history of uh, probably the most easily accessed and well-known one is The Toys That Made Us on uh, Netflix. They did a Star Wars version of it, and it goes through the history um, that, you know, when George Lucas was, was making Star Wars and trying to get everything lined up in his contract, he... One of the things that he stipulated is he want he wanted control over the merchandising and the toys and things like that. And 20th Century Fox, you know, before Star Wars, there wasn't really a market for that. It was out there, but it wasn't big money or anything. And so they're like, sure, we'll give you that. You can have that instead of you know extra money that we might make off this film because it was it wasn't a sure thing, right? Star Wars was it was weird for its time. Uh, I remember reading some of the making of books where 
a lot of studio executives passed on it because they would read the script or hear the story and they're like, this makes no sense. There's a flying, there's a dog flying in a spaceship and you know, all this weird stuff that just hadn't been seen on screen really for, for the first time. And so they were not invested in, they were invested in George Lucas. They liked his filmmaking style and his stories that he had done previously. But in the movie Star Wars, they were not too sold on it yet. <laughs> So they were willing to give them that, and it, like you said, it changed the course of, of movie history, of toy history, you know, it just, and from that moment on, it's, it just, every time there's a big movie release or a big new franchise release, you gotta have toys. If you don't have the toys to go along with it, it's it's a stupid move, and that didn't exist till Star Wars. Not at all. So, uh, we were there from the beginning, basically. We were part of that test generation to see if it worked, and it worked for sure. Because uh, here we are, you know, 40 plus years later talking about it, how we like to collect. So it worked. It paid off for George Lucas for sure. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the beginning for us, how it started. Uh, what are your, some of your first memories of collecting, Harry? Like, what do you remember back in the day? And when did you, like, how old were you when you first got your first Star Wars merchandise, and what was it? So I would have been like five, probably, because uh, I had all of the action figures from the first year's release and a couple of the toys, um, the, the play sets and, and other toys. I had a, the, the entire series. I didn't realize it until a couple of years ago when I was looking into it. And um, I had them all. So over the course of a year or so, maybe two, for birthdays and Christmases and whenever I had spare cash, Mm -hmm. um, I acquired um, the entire initial one or maybe even two years of releases of every single action figure of mm -hmm. uh, the original Star Wars figure. So it was right from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. As soon as they were released, I started getting them. Yeah. Yeah, and it took a minute for them to release it because they weren't ready. <laughs> right. They they did the... I, didn't, I don't remember this. I've seen pictures. So yeah. I've uh, been exposed to it for quite some time, but I don't have a specific memory of being like, oh, there's no figures, but they have this mail-away, this early bird mail-away thing. And if you fill out fill it out, and I guess pay the money, they'll send them to you when they get made. <laughs> so when the movie came out, the toys weren't ready. And it took, a, uh, I think, a, like a year. You know, it took a while for them to get going with the production of it. And so... Um, it took a while and it just, you know, there was a big demand that might've fueled the, the demand for it. Right. Cause everybody's like, Oh, they're star Wars toys. We've seen pictures, but where are they? And then they finally hit and everybody bought them. So, so you were able to collect the whole, like, I think there was a tw initial 12 figures that were released. Right. Right. In that, in that first wave. And then they started to build on off of that. And you had all of that. I had all of them. Yeah. Looking back, I had them all. Didn't realize it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, had them all and played the heck out of them. Um, of course, collecting wasn't a thing then, right? So they were yeah. just toys and yeah. used and abused them. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, they had them all at least two years. Um, and most of the third se like series, I guess you would call, or season of releases didn't have all of the ships. Didn't have all of the play sets, but had all of the figures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever got all of them. I got most of them. But I do remember um, 
playing with Luke, Leia, 3PO, Vader, and Obi-Wan pretty early on. And then one Christmas I got a land speeder. And I thought that was like the best thing in the world. Like I was in heaven playing with that. And so that must have been... If they didn't, because I don't think the toys had been released by that first Christmas after Star Wars, so a year, year and a right. half later. But yeah, so those are my first memories of just playing with those toys and my new land speeder. Eventually got an X-Wing. Uh, I don't know how much longer, probably a few months after that. So those are my first memories of, of playing with, and like you said, it wasn't, you know, we didn't keep them in package or anything. We opened them up and just started banging them together and you know Vader and Obi-Wan were lightsaber fighting left the the little tips on the end that was the little like super skinny plastic piece you know always broke off always broke off so if you ever find a collectible with that still on it that's like worth extra money right but uh and they're plastic capes plastic capes like, we were always taking them off right so yeah. the holes the armholes would tear and yeah, yeah. And they wouldn't wouldn't even have them on anymore because they were plastic instead of cloth. Yeah, just that vinyl cape thing. I had a Jawa, and it had the vinyl cape that tore pretty quickly. And then Vader's tore, yeah, Obi Wan's. So, yeah. So I good did times. I have a friend though. Okay. Um, I would have been about eight or nine. There was a kid down the street who showed me his Star Wars collection, and he was collecting to collect. Oh. He had um, pretty much every toy that had been released up to that point, but he had two of everything. So he was playing with one set, and he had this closet just packed full of everything <laughs> else in boxes. Wow. And I was so jealous of that kid. And part of me was like, why? And he's like, it's going to be worth money someday. And I'm like, really? These are just toys. But, you know, I, he was a little bit older than me, and um, – I'm guessing his dad must have had something to do with that because yeah. what 10 or 11 year olds like, I'm going <laughs> to save this for an investment. Yeah, exactly. So that was my first exposure to collecting yeah. uh, versus you know owning and playing with. That's a good distinction, right? We all had them as kids, but we weren't collecting. I guess we were collecting to play, but we weren't, we weren't collecting as like, as you normally think about collecting like stamp collection or coin collection, right? Right. So that's a good distinction there. Um, anything else that you were, any comics or um, books or you know, like I initially? Even, I, I lived in kind of a small town. I honestly don't remember a comic book shop there. Um, yeah, we didn't have one either. One of the other exciting things about Star Wars I wasn't collecting, it was uh, the video games. You know, the, the first Star Wars arcade game, that vector graphics um, that I loved and poured a lot of quarters into. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it was called The Wizard's Den. And... Uh, but um, no, there was no comic book shop, so I wasn't exposed to the comics early. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember, like, you know, eagerly awaiting the day when they were finally released on on VHS when I could buy the movies. That was uh, bad days when you know, movies were expensive and few and far between, and you know, we just didn't own everything back then. Oh yeah, no way. Just wasn't economical or a thing really, so, unless you were on the more affluent neighborhoods, but, um, so that was, that was a new hope. What about Empire and Return of the Jedi? Same, same process movie would come out. You go buy the toys. Yeah. Um, my, there was a lot more of course, once those movies were released. Yeah. So, um, it wasn't 
well, for our my family, you know, I wasn't getting everything. Um, but I got the Dagobah play sets, oh, which nice. I thought was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I never got uh, that one. And um, in fact, the remnants of that might still be at my parents' house. Um, I thought that was super cool. You yeah. could levitate R2-D2 and, and yeah. Luke or, or R2 could go into the quicksand. And it was very cool. But I didn't have all of the, the figures then. And uh, I want to say it was for Empire was when the Y-Wing was released. Uh, I didn't get an X-Wing, but I got a Y-Wing one year for Christmas. And um, I actually found where my parents had hit it and opened <laughs> it and put it together and played yeah. with it a little bit and took it apart and shoved it back in the box like they nice. wouldn't notice. Yeah. Uh, cool. But I was super excited for that. Yeah. I never got the Y-Wing. I got a TIE Fighter, a Snowspeeder from Empire. And at some point I got the Falcon, but I think that was like closer to Return of the Jedi. Um, but I, I never got Falcon any... too, and I don't yeah. remember when exactly. Yeah, I never got any playsets. Uh, and then for Jedi, I ended up getting the Ewok Village. Oh. Which uh, saw double duty as like a Cobra headquarters for GI Joe when we were <laughs> yeah. playing with GI Joe, but it was super cool because it had a lot of uh, like articulating <laughs> parts, the net and the the rock swing and the elevator and. Mm-hmm. Um, you could cook Han over the fire. And, <laughs> yeah. um, it was it was really cool. Um, it was big too. Um, it took up a lot of space. Yeah. Okay. Did you ever see or get the Death Star playset? I saw it. Um, one of my friends had it. I played with it a lot, and um, may or may not have tried to swipe the uh, trash compactor at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with its little foam blocks and the screw wheel where you could you know, push the wall in. Um, it was very cool. Um, played with it, never had it. Um, I think that was on the uh, above the, the price point that my parents were willing to buy things for me. Yeah. It was, it was pretty big, and I imagine it was quite expensive at the time. Yeah, yeah for a toy, right? So, yeah, I, I never got any big sets. I just got a lot of the figures. And um, one of my, when Empire was released that Christmas, my best friend got, and his brother, his little brother, got, like, one, they each got one of everything, right? So there was two in their house. Wow. So they, not like everything, everything, but, you know, all the stuff that they got, there was two of them. And, but they also got the walkers. They both had a walker for Christmas. And I was like, I was so jealous. <laughs> I got to have that walker. Uh, I got the snow speeder, so I was happy, but I was like, man, I go, I didn't get a walker. <laughs> but, so, uh, I guess, it, well, it would have been for Empire as well. Um, my brother got the walker, which um, was strange because my parents at some point had decided that, that each, there was three boys, that each of us, we weren't going to get all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I had to pick, and I picked Star Wars, and my younger brother picked G.I. Joe. But somehow he got the walker for Christmas that year instead of me, and I was a little irritated. Yeah, they just mismarked uh, the package. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but I did. I just remembered I got the uh, Rebel Transport as well. Oh, nice! It had like a like a tray in it to store figures. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like those head. Do you remember the, the yeah the figure cases that were the heads like yeah I had, the, I had the Vader head the Vader. At some point. Um, so I had that, and because um, I remember like. Within days, my brother broke 
the handle that would lock the top to the bottom so you could like kind of carry it around because you needed to turn it and then lift it and it would unlock well he was couldn't figure out how to unlock it so he just yanked on it and broke the pegs off and it, oh, and it never locked again oh, man. <laughs> i was so mad yeah i'd be mad so yeah so i i don't remember collecting comics either uh, i i read some i remember reading some so I must have had them, but I didn't like keep them. And then I did read, I did have the novel, but I think that was closer to Jedi when I was start, starting to read those, those bigger 300 page novels or whatever they were. So at some point I got started getting into the books, but back then it was just, I mean, there was Star Wars A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and Splinter of the Mind's Eye. I think, I think those were the books that you could get and I had. You know, in those early years, I had all of them and read them. But the books were weird, like in the sense that, <laughs> like in and thinking one of them, I think in Empire, Yoda was blue, like in the novel. He was described well, as a blue alien. Or, in, it's been know, so long since I read it that I don't remember, because my dad actually bought the three original novels, and he read them first, and he's like, "Hey, you'd really like these." Um, that's more about the movies and the stories. And, uh, he says, um, so I ended up reading them, but they were, they were my dad's, they weren't mine. And then somehow missed Splinter, um, just never saw it and didn't hear about it for years. Yeah. Yeah. I had that. And that was, that was an interesting story. Vader and Luke fight on this planet, um, this jungle planet and Luke and Leia are in a relationship so it, I actually liked that, you know, as a eight, nine, ten year old, whatever I was, eleven. I liked that story. I thought it was pretty cool. It was supposed to be the prequel to Star Wars if the movie didn't pan out, and they ended up not making a sequel. Um, but <laughs> the Empire story is way better. But uh, it was still a cool little story. I like to read. But so I think that was the extent of my collecting, as you know, pre as far as the original trilogy era goes. Can you, was there anything else that you were getting into or was it just the toys? Um, I do remember it was Burger King, I believe, that did some collectible glasses for the different movies. Oh, yeah. And we had a bunch of those. And um, I was always mad when my mom would get them out because they were glass and a couple of them got broke. And I was like, why can't we just keep these and save them because they're awesome and yeah. not use them. And, but my mom wasn't about that and they kept getting used and I actually have two of them still. A few years ago, she gave me the last two survivors. <laughs> um, and uh, cool. so that, that was you know, the only other thing that I can think of. Um, just toys was, was it, right? I wasn't really looking around for other things. And I honestly don't remember seeing, you know, uh, as much stuff as we can see now, like decorations and bath mats and, you know, um, light fixture plates or, oh, yeah. or anything else. Yeah, I'm sure they were out there, but I don't remember seeing those things either. Uh, I had the Star Wars bed sheets. I had those. Oh yes, yeah, we had uh, at least one of our beds had the bed sheets. Yeah. So and then so and also back then, like a big thing that I remember doing with Star Wars is they had the the JC Penny Penny catalogs and those oh, type of yes. department store catalogs. Yes. And they, there was always two pages dedicated to Star Wars, right? So they had all the toys out there on the pictures and kind of these action poses. 
and they'd listen and say, oh, you can buy it for this much. I just remember looking at them, oh, I want that, and I want that. And if I had this, I have that one, but if I got this one, then they could fight. They could fight. <laughs> it was always like, who can fight? Yeah. If you have an X-Wing, you need a TIE fighter. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I remember the commercials, too, was a big driving thing because they were in, like, these wild backyards yeah. with, like, ferns and a little river and a waterfall. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, perfectly scaled for, for action figures, and the kids yeah. would be playing in. And I was like, I want my backyard to be like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just stared at those catalogs for hours, and then mom, mom, look at this, look at this. Okay, circle the ones you want. So yeah, there was no internet back then, at least you know for the consumers. So we had to look at the catalogs. So yeah, that was it, really. Catalogs yeah. and, and TV commercials, and yeah. Um, if it wasn't in a catalog, maybe one of your friends would see it in a store. Like one store had stuff that another store didn't. And he's like, yeah. did you see this new Star Wars thing? And like, yeah. no, my store doesn't have it. And like, <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was that was my childhood. That and G.I. Joe, mostly. I remember one Christmas I got, G. I, it was G.I. Joe Christmas. I got like almost everything that was out at that time. Got a Jeep. I got a, the, the fighter plane. Tons of figures. And so it seemed like, you know, that and G.I. Joe, Star Wars and G.I. Joe were my things growing up. But yeah, we, it, like I said, we, we ended up having both. Um, I had Star Wars, my younger brother had uh, G.I. Joe, and the youngest had He-Man. Oh, yeah. And, um, and, yeah, between, I mean, there would be times where I'd get G.I. Joe stuff, too, along with Star Wars. I'd get, you know, an action yeah. figure or two. Um, and the same thing, we ended up having... Um, so I recently looked into it um, within the last just couple months, actually. Um, we had all of the action figures for the first four or five releases, series years, mm, nice. um, from G.I. Joe and probably 50% or more of the vehicles for those first four uh, series. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, and we played with them together a lot. Uh, the Millennium Falcon often became like a... A headquarters for Cobra because <laughs> if things went bad, he could fly away. And, yeah. And because uh, we didn't have a big playset or anything for GI Joe, so we used that or the Joes would be hanging out in the Ewok Village, getting ready to ambush Cobra. And, <laughs> and so the stuff got you know intermixed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I think a lot of people forget that prior to to the the initial action figures for Star Wars, GI Joe yeah. action figures were 12 inch figures. Yeah. Um, and those were the toys. That, yeah, and that was it. Um, and they were as big as a Barbie. And, and uh, um, with the popularity of the Star Wars toys, it forced Hasbro to to change the scale for uh, um, the G.I. Joe. I mean, well, I mean, and that's something that, like, Toys That Made Us talks a lot about, right? That Kenner was was not the up-and-coming, the, the big place. Right. And then handing it to Kenner, well, I mean, it sort of backfired at first when they weren't ready, but... They made up for it over the years, and yeah. but it really it changed action figures, right? Everything went to three and three quarter inch, and and that's been the scale ever since. Well, until Black Series came out, but those weren't, you know, really directed towards kids to play with, yeah. and were very much directed to collectors. Mm, for sure. So, uh, have you kept anything? Do you have like a box in your closet? Or <sighs> I wish. Um, like I said, Dagobah, I think, is the only thing that's left. I remember seeing it a few years ago in a box of toys in my parents' house. It's in really, really sad shape. <laughs> um, yeah. 
have some destructive nieces and nephews and they've destroyed everything. But no, so I have this big regret from high school. Um, I was a senior in high school or maybe just graduated and a friend of my brother's was big time into Star Wars um, action figures and toys and stuff. And he would buy them from kids, from other kids. Mm -hmm. And he, he was, I mean, I guess would be the second collector, like real collector that I ever knew. Um, after that first kid, they had everything in boxes still. Um, and like, you know, here I am like 17, 18 years old. Like I haven't touched these things in years, right? They're in a box in the closet, just chilling, not even on a shelf, like looking cool. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's like, hey, would you want to sell these? And, uh, and, I, and I thought about it a little bit. And then my dad's like, are you sure you want to sell them? Like, you know, what if Star Wars becomes big again? And someday, you know, your kids would like to play with those. I was like, Dad, you're crazy. Star Wars isn't going to be big again. Yeah. We haven't had anything since Jedi. Yeah. Um, like, there's, you know, nothing on the horizon for, for a new movie or anything. Like, it, it's Star Wars. There's going to be something else that's big that he's going to want to play with. You know, if I have a, a son that plays with action figures someday, he's not going to care about Star Wars. Yeah. And uh, like an idiot, I sold it all to that kid. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he paid me a decent amount of money. Um, which I'm sure I spent on something stupid, but, <laughs> yeah. um, no, sold it all, sold everything except for that Dagobah playset. Um, he must've had one already or something that was in better shape than mine and didn't care. Mm -hmm. But that was, was it. I mean, maybe there was a handful of figures that I just don't remember. Um, but after, you know, leaving and going to college and everything, there was nothing left at home. Yeah. Yeah. I had a pretty similar experience. Uh, I remember I used to set them up. One Christmas or birthday, I got a BB gun, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I set them up. There's a pile of dirt kind of off our property right next to our house, so I set them up and like they like they were shooting me, so I had to shoot them before <laughs> they got me. So I just kind of I didn't get them all, but I, there was quite a few. Like I remember IG88 was just blown up, <laughs> and a couple other arms were blown off. <laughs> so some of them met their demise at that point, but then the rest I sold. I had a impromptu yard sale because I wanted to buy something else like you said something stupid so I sold them all to the neighbor kids and they went quick there's a lot yeah. of kids younger than me that wanted them so yeah I guess I had lost a few kind of similar we had a sandbox way in the back of our our, our yard this big tractor tire full of sand and that would be Tatooine mm -hmm. and um, one day for some reason I buried several and then left them there for a couple of days. And when I went to dig them back up, they weren't there. Um, and at the time, I didn't know what had happened. I mean, and I dug down a foot or two trying to find them because I was like, oh, they sank in the sand and dirt and whatever. And then years later, I was like, no, uh, the kid across the street had been playing with me. That sucker came back the next day and dug them up and kept them. So, like... I, I want to say like Luke and the Tuscan Raider and the Jawa and you know everybody that was on Tatooine yeah. had, had gotten buried um, for whatever reason. Who knows? You know, I was eight or nine. Um, they all got stolen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotta watch out for those Star Wars thieves. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't. I didn't have anything by the time I hit high school, at least that I remember. And then. Um, so after Jedi, like you mentioned, the dark times, there's no, there's comic books, there's some books here and there, nothing big. Um, 
they did do the Shadows of the Empire release, and they released new figures at that, with those with that release. Um, but really, nothing. It didn't pick up till the prequels came out. Well, I guess the, a couple years before with the Power of the Force and that line. Um, but I remember seeing those green packages in, on the pegs at the stores, and I'm like, "Oh, Star Wars is back! Oh, that's cool." But I wasn't interested uh, in that. And then even the Phantom Menace came out in '99, and there I remember there's toys everywhere. I was like, "Whoa, that's kind of cool," but I wasn't interested. I didn't start collecting till Attack of the Clones came out. Um, so 2002. Right. What about for you, Harry? When did you get back into or start like oh, <laughs> looking at the stuff again? Yeah, I remember the Power of the Force stuff, and because it seemed like that. Well, they were way better figures for starters, right? Yeah. They had more points of articulation, and they were a little bit beefier, and and, yeah. and had action poses versus the that those straight arms and legs. Yeah, uh, of the original toys, which you know, looking back, was really lame, but they were cool at the time. And I remember seeing them and like, oh, these are cool. And there's there's just more stuff. There's more ships and there's more figures. And says I wish I had been a kid when this stuff was available, but it, <laughs> like never even considered buying anything. Probably the 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 only things that I bought between Jedi and the, whatever I bought probably around 2002, 2003. Um, was the movies uh, when the uh, VHS box set was released? Mm -hmm. The um, the first, well, one of the first ones I bought that, and then when the special edition was released, I was like, sweet, and upgraded, and bought, you know, added that to it, and um, never watched them because I was like, okay, I'm gonna keep these, you know, for a long time because I want to keep these in good condition. And yeah, they're still in a box, never been watched. I mean, I took the plastic off, but never actually watched the movies. So that would have been it until I was in the army. And then, I mean, this wasn't really collecting so much. Um, there was a Star Wars card game that came out. And I didn't know anything about card games at the time, but I was in advanced school in the army and had weekends off and was bored a lot of times on the base and saw it at the PX and, and bought it. And there was a, a kid in my platoon who was, he, who liked Star Wars as well. And he had actually been buying novels for a long time and had several. Um, and um, and I, that was the first I was aware of the novels. Um, but tried to figure out how to play that game a little bit. And it was one of those that had the expansion packs and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is dumb. I'm not going to buy like 50 packs of these to try to find something cool. Um, so just kind of shelved that. But read, um, it was the Black Fleet Crisis trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I mean, other than the original novels, that was my first um, exposure to to the Star Wars novels somehow, and I'm not sure why. Um, just missed them, I guess, at the bookstores, and uh, but they weren't mine, so I was exposed to this the other stuff that was around Star Wars, um, but didn't really buy anything um, other than the movies and that one game um, for geez. Well, from, from Jedi all the way to, to probably 2002, 2003. Okay. Now you bring up the novels. I did start reading the novels when I think the, the Thrawn trilogy, that original one, was the first real reintroduction to the novels. And I remember buying that, those ones, and reading it. And that was 90, I think, 91 maybe. 
And then I went on the mission. So I, <laughs> I think I didn't get to read the third book in the trilogy. Cause I okay. Left. And so then I came back and I was like, oh yeah, that story that I really liked, that Star Wars <laughs> novel, it was a trilogy and I didn't finish. Um, so I finished that and then I, I was like, oh, there's more books now. Sweet. So that's, I started, I did read the novels, most of them, those early ones. Um, and at some point, I think back when we were living together, you know, we were pretty busy with school and work and chasing women and all that stuff. So I wasn't reading no Star Wars book. <laughs> what is this? nerds. So no, I, I, I did read some, but I wasn't as big into it. I read it. I read a lot less for sure. <clears throat> And then when the prequels came out, that's when I really got back into pretty much everything. The novels, the comics, I think it was the Clone Wars, that's, you know, Attack of the Clones, episode two, and just that whole concept of the Clone Wars. Um, my favorite comics are the Clone Wars from Dark Horse. Um, the Clone Wars novels that came out at that time in between, you know, episode two and three. And then obviously the the Clone Wars animated series, both of them that came out. And then I started buying the episode two figures. Um, I went, there was the animated Clone Wars series from Gendy Tarkovsky and they had two versions of, of those characters in that, sh in those short, you know, animated uh, episodes. There was like the real life ones, like the, the, they could be movie rep representations of, the, of those characters and then they had the animated versions of those characters and i remember seeing though that's what really got me into it when i saw those i was like holy cow those are awesome and i gotta have those <laughs> so, um and i i saw them at kb toys and they were going out of business there's some they got sued or something and so they had to because they were overcharging people for action figures so in the lawsuit, or, yeah, the lawsuit that came out, well, from now on for the next, I don't know, a year or whatever, you have to discount your action figures to make up for it. I don't remember the specifics, but they were like two bucks wow. for like 250 or something for an action figure. And it was cheaper than the other stores. So I was like, sweet. So I, that's when I started getting into it. I bought all the animated stuff. I bought all the, as many of the Attack of the Clones figures as I could there. And they sold them in four packs. You could buy like this big, it was like a big card back with four individual card backs in it. Did you ever see those? I don't remember those, no. Oh, yeah. So you could buy one of those for like $10. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, it, it was super cheap. So I would go in and buy like two or three at a time and then go back the next week or the next time I got paid, go back and buy two or three. I was, I was in it at that. I was, that was the moment I was back into it suck you back in right <laughs> what about for you as well like what when you got back into it what were some of the first uh whether it's action figures or something else what, what was the first things you started to buy again to collect so the black fleet crisis books were pretty bad and it turned me off to the novels <laughs> yeah. so i didn't even look for others i was like if this is the quality they're putting out this story is terrible the, the you know the, the it's just it's terrible i can't even read anymore yeah they so were i didn't look this. at any um, and then shortly after I got out of the army, um, I found Warhammer. And so I like kind of took a, a, a turn, right? A hard left there for a long time. Yeah. And so like all my spare cash was spent on models and books for Warhammer. And, um, and it wasn't until, you know, they irritated me with like, a, you know, the second rule change in like two years. And I was like, this is stupid. Um, I can't, 
keep up with, you know, buying a million rule books all the time. And then I just kind of wandered off. But by that time, I had like a son. He's this little guy, right? And I'm looking at toys and start seeing, you know, toys. And I'm like, ooh, they're Star Wars toys. You know, this is like 2002, 2003. I'm like, what Star Wars toys are appropriate for a two-year-old, a three-year-old? <laughs> Yeah. So I started buying those to play with him, and um, so I was like, I love Star Wars, and you know he's going to, and yeah. so um, it wasn't so much collecting um, as like wishing he was older to buy more to play with, <laughs> because I still wasn't a collector yet. Okay. Um, you know, Star Wars toys were toys to be played with. Get him out of the package, like pose him up, knock him down, you know, do all of that. Um, so I. I honestly don't remember what the first thing was, but there was, I know that there were like some of the younger Star Wars toys um, that he had, like not little people, but kind of the little people scale. Yeah, the Galactic Heroes? Possibly, the yeah, that's that was probably it. Yeah. Um, so we had those in the house and... Um, yeah, those were perfect. I got my son a whole bunch of those too. And they had the ships, right? Right. Yeah, so those were... Yeah, those are a great introduction for kids to get into it. And then, so, like, as, you know, as he aged up, you know, every time, whatever was age appropriate, we started getting different things. And so there was always a few Star Wars toys around. But, again, it wasn't really collecting. Um, and even when I bought him his first Lego set, which he was probably too young for, but I didn't care because it was a Star Wars ship. And, yeah. Um, I think it was the, uh, the X-Wing. Um, and he was probably, well, we were living in Texas, so he was... Um, five or six, maybe at the most. Mm -hmm. And you know, big set took us hours to put together, and he loved it. And he flew it around and broke it all the time. And I was putting it back together. And he, um, but again, it wasn't collecting, right? Uh, they got, we we were buying, uh, not necessarily focusing on Star Wars toys for him, but he got quite a few. And there was a lot of Lego Star Wars toys. Like in fact, almost all of his Legos were Star Wars Legos. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it wasn't collecting so much as just. You know, when we bought stuff. It was Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we in those early years we didn't do Legos. Um, I'm not a big. I like Legos as as a toy, but I don't build Lego, and I, I can okay. appreciate it. And right. I, there are some cool things. I just I just don't have the patience for it, or I I'm just it's just not my thing. I guess. Right. Right. Sure. So we didn't get it at first, but when my son was. Uh, you know, 10, 11, 12, that's when we started doing the Legos because that's what he wanted. He really enjoyed that. So, so we started doing it at that point. But again, for him, it was to play with. He wasn't, you know, keeping them pristine, but just keeping them no. on the shelf. He was, yep. he was playing with them. So. It was all about the play. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So, but for me, I, I, um, I collected episode two. And then after that, I think it was the original trilogy run and then episode three and i got i didn't really do much of the original trilogy run um and then there was episode three which i got most of the figures not all and then they started doing the vintage they came out with the vintage collection after that where they had the the throwback cards and but with the updated figures with the you know tons of uh, points of articulation and the soft goods and better sculpts and all that stuff. And that's when it started to get sophisticated, right? That's when I felt that they were really targeting the older uh, collector at that point. I said, oh, remember these these card backs with the same picture? Yes. And now yep. the, toy, the figures are a lot cooler. 
Remember these ones? So I think, you know, that's when it started to take off for the older collector. Because they noticed, you know, I think that's when they noticed the kids weren't necessarily collecting them, but the, the, the older people, the older fans were in there. Buying one to keep, buying one to open, that type of thing. Yeah, and I remember those, and I remember thinking, like, man, these are so much better than the ones I played with. Again, you know, Power of the Force was, and these new vintage, these the vintage ones were closer to the originals, but still way cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember seeing them and picking them up off the shelf, and like, oh, I want this. What am I gonna do with it? And um, and it's like, no, I shouldn't. And, you know, I, was, I was just into other things. I was still um, reading a lot of Warhammer, so Star Wars wasn't like a real focus. Mm-hmm. Um, always one of my favorite movies, but it wasn't like what I was focusing on when I was doing things. Um, someplace in there, I picked up um, a, a Star Wars Monopoly game, became our favorite version of Monopoly. Just cause, I mean, who doesn't want a Millennium Falcon instead of a hotel? Um, and um, got a second one for Christmas one year, and that one stayed wrapped in plastic. And um, I had it for years, and then it disappeared on one of our moves. Um, so... It was one of those boxes that went to Goodwill or the trash instead of into the moving truck. Oh, yeah. And I was super bummed when I realized that it was gone. So I was like, I had a, you know, mint in shrink wrap, star, original Star Wars Monopoly with pewter play tokens and all that. And that was probably the, the well, beyond the, the those two VHS sets, that was probably the first thing that I thought, like, I'm going to keep this. I'm going to collect this because it's super cool and um, should have value in a few years or just to, to have because it's super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, that was, so I collected all the episode two stuff, but I opened them and I would display them. Um, and it was the next, I think it was episode three that I was like, okay, I'm not opening these ones. <laughs> I'm keeping these. So it was around that, it was between episode two and three is when I my mind shifted to keep them in package, buy the 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 best card that's in shape, the best shape. There's no dings or bends right. and ends that sort of you start doing all that analysis of the figure that you're potentially gonna buy. <laughs> and, yeah. And at that point, I think the figures started that's when they got up to closer to ten bucks. They're like seven, eight. And then the vintage ones, the vintage style, they were at least 10 bucks when I was buying them because I had the clamshell on them to keep them protected, right? So that was a, because a lot of people will buy the figure and then they'll buy these third-party collector clamshells to keep them, you know, pristine. But these ones came with a clamshell. They had a rebel insignia or an imperial insignia on them, you know, embossed or pressed into the plastic. So they were pretty sweet. And that's when I think that's when the prices really started to go up and up. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> right. You know, because up until then, I tried to be a completist. And I went back and bought episode one uh, on eBay and got the whole set that way. But at that point, I was like, so that's when I started questioning, you know, can I, you know, do the, this be, still be a completist at this point? Because then they started to have chase versions. And you buy, I don't know, it was just, it started to get really intricate <laughs> where you start, they entice you to spend more money. And so that's when I started to like, well, do I keep doing this or do, or do I not? And I kept doing it <laughs> for a couple <laughs> more years. So, um, 
And then at some point, I started collecting the Master Replica uh, lightsaber hilts. Um, I, I didn't have a, I didn't have two or three hundred bucks a pop for the full size ones, but they started coming out with these mini ones that were like thirty bucks, forty bucks, and so I I got all of those. And that was like a big focus for me in after episode three was because they had all the the hilts and then they started having chase variants they had you know the the smoke version and the chrome version <laughs> so they would have like luke's lightsaber but then there was three other versions they had a gold version like a gold chase version i i, I never did get the gold chase because if if you they would just buy them and then they'd randomly select hey you get you know this gold chase version so i know i was never got the luck of the draw so i never did get a chase version those were selling for like a couple hundred bucks um, but i got all the other chases and because you if you buy like there was one anakin skywalker version if you bought it on the starwarshop.com they had the the smoke version chromes i forget it was like a dark chrome there was no it was all one color and so you, if you went to different vendors, you could buy this exclusive version for 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I got all those and I was pretty stoked about that. I got a couple of the, you know, the blade of the, the ones, they're kind of like the, the Disney versions now or the Black Series versions now. Got some of those. So I was big into the lightsabers for a while. Kind of got away from the figures as much and more did those type of things. Did you ever, and I started doing the comics, all the Dark Horse comics, I got a lot of those, the books, so, I would say, that was, for me, that was probably the, the golden age of collecting for me, it was that episode two, two, three, and then probably two or three years after that. Um, that, that was when I had the most fun, that was when I had, you know, more money from, you know, working full time, and being a college graduate and all that stuff so um i was able to buy more spend more money on that and i just had a lot of fun the books i thought were really good the clone wars novels and the ones that came after like the best star wars book ever in history in my opinion is the episode three novel um that novelization uh, so there's and then right before that there was a book and then right after that there was a book and they call it the dark lord trilogy and so that's that is like prime Star Wars novel right there. So um, that was when I had the most fun being a Star Wars fan. You know, we had all the movies on DVD at that point or Blu-ray. So we could watch them whenever we wanted, however many times we wanted. We could collect, we could read, we could watch shows. The, the Clone Wars was starting to come out. Um, it was just it was a peak for me. So, oh, but what about for you, Harry? What, uh, what would you consider the golden age of collecting for you? Um, probably current for me because I, I didn't buy anything throughout that whole time. Um, I was super excited when the DVDs and then eventually the Blu-rays came out. It's like, like you said, I could watch it whenever I wanted. I wasn't worried about wearing out a VHS tape. Yeah. Um, and the quality was so much better and you know, TVs were better and surround sound and all that. Um, so, you know, I was really excited about like being able to watch stuff, but I wasn't reading anything. I wasn't into the comic books. I had, uh, I don't know. I have a love-hate relationship with comic books. 
because um, it takes you about two minutes to read one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you, but you can't read it if you want it to keep its value. Yeah. <laughs> um, so either I'd buy two or none. And yeah. so for years it was none for me because it's like, well, I'm going to read them, so there's not going to be any value. Yeah. Um, I know there's awesome stories in this and fantastic art because I kept seeing things around here and there. And but I was like, nope, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until you know like post 2019 would be my golden age. Um, okay. because I, I'd like all that time you were getting all that stuff. I was just, I was into other things and I wasn't reading the books and it was still my, you know, the original trilogy was still my all time favorite trilogy of movies. And it was, you know, my go-to if someone's like, Hey, let's watch movies. Like, let's watch star Wars. Like we always watch star Wars. Like I know cause it's awesome. <laughs> um, and but, the point is, um, yeah. And <laughs> so, um, but I was just, I was into other things and spending money on other stuff and um, moving house a couple of times. It's like, you know, I don't want boxes of stuff that I don't have any use for. And our house in Texas was pretty small, didn't really have any place to just, to just um, display anything. So why am I going to get anything to display? And then um, just continued into other things. You know, when I moved into historical miniatures gaming, that's just where I spent like all of my, my focus. Right. Uh, any money was buying new miniatures or paints to paint those miniatures or buildings to play the games with those miniatures and um, just nothing, nothing Star Wars until like 20, 2016 when the, the X-Wing game was released. Mm-hmm. And when that game came out, it was like it was mixed for me. Part of it was playing the game because the game was super fun. But even bigger part of that was collecting the ships mm-hmm. because they came pre-painted. So I didn't have to, you know, be this expert at painting them. But it had all of the the ships from the original movies, right? There was X-Wing and Y-Wing and A-Wing and B-Wing and Millennium Falcon and um, TIE Fighter, TIE Interceptor, Vader's TIE Fighter, TIE Bomber, uh, the uh, Shuttle Tidarium, the Rebel Transport, and uh, like uh, CR-25 or CR-90. So I was able just to, to pick up a ton of stuff. And it was as much collecting as playing the game. Because it's like, ooh, now I have all the ships that I wanted as a kid. And even though they're a much smaller scale, I still have them all. Yeah. Um, and then even started, like, repainting them. You know, because the, the generic type or uh, X-Wing wasn't Red 5. So I painted one to be Red 5. And I painted one to be Red 3. And, um, you know, painted uh, a couple so I could have Gold Squadron of Y-Wings. And Gold Squadron, yeah. or a Gray Squadron of Y-Wings. And, you know... Um, that's, I, I think, probably the beginning of my collecting era. So, yeah, 2016 to, to present would be my golden golden age, I would say, because then eventually I found the Black Series. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's, like, the biggest collecting thing for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I remember seeing those ships, that game, and I was like, ooh. It was like, I was at a point where I'm like, do I want to start collecting something else <laughs> on top of it? Right, because, right. Because, I, again, like you, you, you have all the ships, and they're not these big things that you you have no room to display after two or three of them, right? You They're smaller, and you can just buy ten of them in the same right. place. And they're pretty detailed and intricate and painted well. And I remember thinking, oh, this would be so awesome. But part of it was I didn't have, really have anybody to play with. And then... Second is just about money thing at that point. Because how much was an average ship? Like twenty bucks. I want to say when they started out, they were twelve to fifteen for most of them. 
but like the CR90, the Tantiv 4 was a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like the really big ships, there was a set of four big ships. They called them epic ships. They were about a hundred bucks each, um, but extremely detailed. Yeah. The the funny thing was is probably more of those were sold to collectors than gamers. Yeah. Because they were so detailed and well painted, and they looked great on a shelf, but they were really hard to use in a game. So people would buy them and play once or twice, and be like, "This is dumb. This doesn't work for the game very well." Um, but then other people saw them and bought them as as collector's items because they displayed so well yeah. and then there was the the follow-on game was uh, star wars armada which had all the capital ships so then that was you know there was no like the, the star destroyer toy from when we were kids was really lame if you remember it yeah. it wasn't even a full of the star star destroyer right no it was like part of one and sort of a v-shaped kind of sort of and it was yeah. just super lame yeah. But but now I can get an entire you know Imperial class Star Destroyer. It's well painted. It's super detailed and it displays amazing. And um, an Armada, as fun as the game is, I bought more of the ships just to display than to play um, because they're so cool. And then you know and it's it's all the big ships, the Mon Cal cruisers, and um, the the wings liberty um which some of this stuff gets really intricate into you know super nerdum because people see the capital ship battles and they, they don't know the names of any of the ships um it's only the, the super fans that care or, or notice that there was three versions of the moncal cruisers at the battle of endor um and but they, they you know they had multiples of this for armada and again i picked up almost all of them um the ones that i remembered there's some others that are from um from other series that, that I haven't picked up yet because they just don't have as much nostalgia factor for me. But yeah, um, and it was you know, uh, and I went all in on, on X-wing. Um, I have at least one of every ship that's been released for the game. Um, and it wasn't right away that I didn't realize that a bunch of the ships were actually from Clone Wars and from Rebels. Um, I was like, man, where are all these? You know, they're just designing all kinds of stuff. Like, where is this from? <laughs> Because I hadn't watched Clone Wars yet. I didn't watch Clone Wars until four years ago. Okay. The the animated series, and um, and then watched Rebels after that. So um, you know, I had the Ghost, didn't realize what it was from. It was just this cool light freighter that you know got pilots for it. But you know, again, a lot of it's the collectors. Like this is this kind of cool ship. And it's got this little shuttle that detaches. I'm like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. And then, you know, watch the series. I'm like, okay, this is way cool. Um, and so, yeah, at 2016 plus, like chasing um, X-Wing ships and then repainting them. And, geez, I, I built a modified YT-1300. Um, it was a picture that was in the Chilton's Guide. I don't know if you remember that book. Yeah. The Chilton's Guide to, to the YT, to Corellian Engineering. Yeah. Um, it was one of the ships in that book. And um, I saw somebody had built one online, and I was like, oop, got to have one. So, you know, I, I completely modified a, a model to, to represent that. And that's, a, a, I haven't played a game in several years, but I still buy ships to repaint to, so, yeah. to represent, you know, yeah, individual are, ships. Those are pretty cool ships. I like them. Um, so you're kind of, we, we kind of have a similar story in the beginning as far as collecting. Bought a lot of the original toys, played with them, didn't keep them, uh, kind of moved on in the dark times. And then for me, I picked it up in the prequels 
and then about the time that you started to get into it, I was um, just kind of done. I wouldn't say I was done, but I was just like, ah, I don't, you know, I don't need space. You know, I had bins and bins of figures in the basement. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm glad I have these, but what do I do with them, right? I don't have more space to display them and, you know, all that stuff. So I kind of just, it just kind of petered out. And I, start, I did start doing the books because I had a, you know, you can put those on a bookshelf. And um, so it's like at some point it just got to the point where I was like, ah, can't do this anymore. I, there's some pretty cool stuff. And I'd buy something here and there. Like when episode seven came out, I bought a couple things. I bought Phasma and um, what are some troopers and things like that. But then when the Black Series, the six inch Black Series was announced, I became interested, but I didn't buy anything for a while. I think when Last Jedi came out, that's when I started buying the Black Series 6 inch. I bought uh, Andor, or not Andor, <laughs> Rogue One, and uh, Last Jedi, and Solo, Rise of Skywalker, and then the stuff that's come out since then. And even then, I ha I've been a lot more selective. I'm not, I'm not a completist. I can't, $20 a box, $20 plus, right? For a, six inch black series you yeah they're 25 to 50 now yeah they just keep going up and now there's no plastic window <laughs> right you get this box with a picture on it like well this is the last figure i bought uh, where is it yeah scorch from republic commando you know there's no plastic window on it it's just this picture which I hope the figure that's in this box is is that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not gonna open it. I'll let if I ever sell it, I'll let them figure it out. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of turned me off as well. I'm, I mean, I could. I thought about going back to the three and three quarter black series because there are a lot of cool three and three quarter black series figures. That that vintage. I guess they're not the black series. It's the vintage uh, series. They've got way more figures and way a lot of cool sculpts and um, all that. But at this point, I'm like, well, if and then they're half the cost, right? And right. So I'm like, well, if I do that, then I'm just going to be buying stuff again and putting it in a box and not doing anything with it. So I'm at the stage where I want to collect, but I just don't have anywhere to put it. So what do I do? Which I think is a common problem for collectors, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, unless you're going to give up your entire basement to it, at some point you run out of space. Yeah. And I think most people are, are I mean, like you said, they have a bunch of boxes in boxes. Because mm -hmm. um, they collected it and didn't open it, but it's sitting in a box because you don't have any place to display it. Yeah. And um, so... But we're not going to play with them like we did right. with the kids. So we I mean, might are you display gonna play them. A, rent a storage unit to store your stuff so you can <laughs> buy more? Um, it's just, it's kind of silly. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. Um, so the drawbacks I, are price, where do you put them, what do you do with them, any other drawbacks that you can think of for collecting, Star Wars collecting, at least with figures and uh, ships and things like that? I think that's, that's the big three right there, right? So the cost has continually gone up. Um, as cause they're all plastic, right? So as the price of oil goes up, the price of figures <laughs> goes up. Yeah. Um, printing costs over the last couple of years have skyrocketed, so the printing the cool packaging has gone up. And um, stuff we used to, like you said, you bought some of those figures for two bucks. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And now the minimum price is like 16, I think, even for the uh, vintage series, 
or is, are they still like 12 points? I think, I think they're 12. At least last time I looked a couple months ago. Um, but um, the base price for Black Series, the six inch, is 24.95, and frequently they're more. You know, if it's something even remotely bigger, it's more. Um, if it's smaller, it's not less. Yeah, um, <laughs> the R2 is the same price as the right. the full size. Right, because I just, I just pre-ordered uh, uh, an R2 um, for, for my daughter. She has like a, a small, like a very selective collection of Black Series. Um, she has a few figures from, from the Clone Wars and the Crew of the Ghost and a handful of clones that are, she really likes, and that's it. Yeah. But she needs an R2 to go with uh, Anakin and, and Ahsoka. So yeah. when they you know, announced the, uh, the, the new... Not new, a reprint of, of R2. I ordered it, but yeah, he's still twenty four ninety five. Um, and so those are the big three, though: storage, display, and costs. Um, because it's never ending, right? Um, every few months, there's a new release. Um, and uh, even recently, right, the the retro collection. Yeah. They've released the two boxes of the retro collection, which really piqued my interest when I saw the pictures of them. It's like, oh wow! I had all those figures when I was a kid. Yeah. This was super awesome. Yeah. But it's seventy bucks for six figures. Wow, that's that's about. If you were to buy them individually, it's probably a little bit cheaper. But yeah, I mean, it's just. But like, still, seventy bucks. Because that box, I wouldn't open probably. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm just gonna stick it on a shelf. And it's like, I keep thinking about it, but I was like, no. You know, there's two sets now. It's 140 bucks for these two boxes of figures that I'll never open and I'll never play with. Yeah. Or display, like really display. So it's like, yeah. Where yeah, am I, I got, at now? I got a couple up here at the top. I don't know if you can see them. Um, let me just see if I pull this down a little bit. Like the bounty hunters. Okay. They're kind of right there. Like, oh, you can't, I can't point to them. Well, the, but, the, the, the figures are cool, right? Yeah, they're they are. Cool, they're better than ever. But it's like, what do I do with them? Yeah. So with the the, the retro, I really like the retro, and I could invest in the whole series of that. Uh, that would be like one of the exceptions. Um, but the packaging is just a little bit too different, right? It's got the weathered sure. weathered look. Yeah. And they got that big sticker on it. It says retro. I, I know there's a way you can take it off. Like I've heard if you like use a blow dryer and heat it up, it'll peel off sometimes. But I don't want to do that. I don't want to mess right. with that. So if they would have, if they would have came in a, you know, the vintage packaging, yes, that we all like and love. Right. I, I would be collecting all of those. Yep. Then they have those weird, like different colored ones, look like crayons mashed together. Have you seen those? Regular, uh, they're no. called. No, it's like no, the prototype, it's... the prototype oh, Vader. Okay, yes, I know what you're talking about, but and I think I've seen a picture. Yeah, you, and... you said weird colors. I was thinking of those Christmas releases of the Black Series. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that are just yeah. yeah. Those are I bad. just I, I shake my head. Yeah. So, and then, but it seems like they would have a wave of six or so, and then they'd have the prototype. Like, okay, a bonus figure, cool. But now it's like they're going back and be like, oh, now this is a prototype and this is a prototype. And, you know, so they're tapping into the chase idea again, but it's like times five. <laughs> right. There's not just these the set and then an extra figure. It's like all of these figures are now prototypes. 
And they don't look that good in the first place. So the only reason I got it is because it's like, oh, I got to complete the set. It, it, <laughs> it's different. Okay, whatever. But I'm not going to go out and just collect those to display those. are not that good looking. So. But so by the time I, I get Empire, and then by the time Jet, they do the Mandalorian, they do a, I think, are they doing Ahsoka? No, it hasn't been at least that. They did the Mandalorian, and then they're doing Jedi. And so by that point, I'm just like, oh, again, here we go. They just keep right. releasing more and more, and I don't have the space. And they, you know, sales must have been slowing down. Like, <laughs> how can we reignite their passion for collecting? Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's so, do this. Retro series. That'll get everybody. Yeah, and it did at first. <laughs> they yeah, got no, I, I was going to when I first saw it announced, but then when I saw the price, I was like, eh. Uh, like no, I mean, fifty bucks maybe, seventy. I don't know. It's just, uh, I guess I got a price point at this point, you know, now for the, for things that that I might grab or not, especially when things that I'm just really not gonna play with. Because um, my Black Series figures are all opened, um, and I anticipate someday when I have grandkids, I'm straight up gonna let them play with them, and I don't care, um, because. 20 years from now, 40 years from now, I'd rather that they got played with and the kids loved them and loved Star Wars because of it versus like selling them when I'm, you know, 80 years old to some other collector for 10 bucks a figure because they're all open box and been played with. Um, so I just rather, rather get the joy out of them of having them displayed and played with. And you know, when the kids come over, like, can, can we play with those? Like, why not? Um, to continue the, the love of Star Wars in our family versus just collecting to have on a shelf. Yeah. And I think that's a good point that you make there is why are we collecting? There's the nostalgia factor. You know, obviously that's why they do the retro and the vintage and all that stuff. Uh, so there's that factor, but then it's just cause we like Star Wars. We want a piece of it. We feel like when we buy a figure, bring it home. Like I have Luke Skywalker on my shelf. I love Luke Skywalker. He's my favorite character. Now he's on my shelf. Right. I can look at him and be like, yes, he's a hero of the rebellion. He's the, you, you get all that those thoughts, right? And then you start feeling, oh yeah, Star Wars. The first time I saw Star Wars, it's so amazing. Yeah. Right. So there's that love of collecting, the love of Star Wars that you get. And then at what point does it cross over to, for me anyway, it crosses over to, oh, I got to eat them all. It's like turns into greed, right? I got to yes. get, I got to possess them. I got to, I'll pay fifty bucks for that figure. I don't care. I got to have it, you know. And so it goes away from that love into like this obsessive greedy thing that that some people have um i don't know does, do you have that same feeling or how how would if like for me if you were to counsel me like okay justin just stop bro you need to stop <laughs> take some deep breaths <laughs> like how would you counsel me to get away from that um you gotta set hard limits right um you gotta have an end goal to the collection um and completionist it, it now is is that even possible for anyone right could could anyone without unlimited funds sit down and say, okay, I'm going to do a, a completionist collection of you know, whatever, the original sets, because they're all available on eBay and other sites, right? You can find them all um, if you're willing to pay the price, yeah. but you just, you've got to set hard limits. Um, what is the purpose of my collecting? Um, and completionist cannot be the answer because that's a, a dark rabbit hole that you're going to go down. Like you said, you're going to pay 50 bucks for a figure that was only 10 bucks originally. Mm -hmm. um, I've paid more than that for one. Because, <laughs> We've um, all done it. <laughs> yeah. Um, How many times have you done it is the, is the key. I, I, I look for, for Anakin number 12, Black Series. Um, 
Revenge of the Sith, Anakin. I look for him uh, about bi-weekly on eBay and um, because it's one of the few figures that I do not have in the Black Series collection and um, or of the ones that I want. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the price is 150 to $1,200. Okay. And um, it's just, you know, Justin, you can't spend $1,200 on it. <laughs> um, so there, there has to be, I think, goals in mind for a, uh, as a collector okay. and limits. Um, and a lot of people do focus collecting. Like, I'm just going to get Boba Fett. I'm just going to get Luke. Or sure. I'm going to get the Rebels. Like, if you want more than one, I'm going to get the Rebels. And, and that makes sense, right? Because you have a, there's, it's a finite number of products. Um, and you can focus it even more, right? I'm only going to get the Rebels for Black Series. Mm -hmm. Or I'm only going to get the Rebels for Vintage. Or, you know, I'm just going to collect uh, the Rebel um, Micro Machine ships. Or, you know, whatever. Uh, a focus collection, um, you know, is, is much more realistic and attainable than just scattershot. I'm buying everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you just can't. Because they keep playing the game. Like you said, there's, there's an announcement all the time, right? Yeah. And, um, and this stuff is cool. And we love it, and we do like having part of it, but it does become a bit obsessive. Um, and I, I tried that with with Black Series because uh, you know I fell in down the rabbit hole um, after Celebration 2019, after seeing all this stuff displayed and just being immersed in Star Wars. I'm just like, this is awesome. Black Series is awesome. I'm just gonna get one. Boba Fett, one of my favorite characters from all the movies. I'm gonna get Boba Fett. He looks super cool. I'm gonna get Boba Fett. After I had Boba Fett, I was like. Well, what are the other really, really cool ones that I like? I'm like? I really like Han Solo. Let me get Han Solo. And then, like, all right, I'm going to get all of the main characters from the first three movies. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. I'm like, well, if I have all of those from, from the you know first, the original trilogy, then I should get all of the main characters from the prequels and the sequels. And, um, and, um, and, and, and just it was kind of a slippery slope. And even then, they started out at 15 bucks and they're up to 25 or more. Um, and um, so I, you know, I just had to put a limit in it because there's, geez, they release ten at a time, probably. Mm -hmm. At least. And, um, and luckily, I guess, is so many people, uh, like on Hasbro Pulse, they're sold out sometimes before I notice them because I don't go every day and I don't go every day on purpose. Because yeah. um, I, 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 like you, I have some completionist issues. Um, where I want all of them. And, and that's a, just a greed thing, right? I got the whole collection, yay! And now what? Now it's in a box. Collection. And now it's in a box. And, <laughs> and um, so um, now I don't look all the time, so then I don't know, and then they're sold out, and then I can't get them. So it's like, oh well, can't get them sold out. And I'm, you know, I've set hard price limits for certain things. Uh, I actually talked with a, a commissioned, uh, well, I mean, this is another part of collecting, right? Is the, um, the customizing. Yeah. And there's uh, the customized black figure figures is, is like a huge thing, right, among certain people. Um, I mean, and there's thousands of them around the world, but I mean, compared to millions of Star Wars fans, it's not tons, but still. Um, and one of the really, really good ones, he lives in England. He had a, an open commissions come up. So I contacted him. I was like, hey, I'd really like to have a Black Series fives, you know, six inch in his arc trooper armor and, and all of that. And he's like, cool, this is the price. 
and it was like 160 or 170 pounds sterling plus shipping. And, you know, the dollar's like 79 cents to a pound, you know, and it's like, that's going to be over, like, that's going to be pushing 250 bucks for one figure. Yeah. That's not a knock on him, right? It's just... No, it's not a knock on him because he's extremely skilled, right? Yeah. And parts of it are going to have to be 3D printed and um, at a you know high-quality 3D printed, and then he's got to hand-paint the whole thing. So it's no knock on him. I understand you know, there's a lot of skill in it, but um, I wasn't aware of what the going rate was currently. So they've yeah. made fives before in Black Series, haven't they? No, not oh, in okay. this 6-inch. Uh, Okay. They do, um, and uh, he's vintage. There's a vintage fives. Okay. But there's he's never been released, which is weird because all you got to do is a repaint of uh, yeah. Echo yeah. in his Arc Trooper armor, and you got fives, and they just haven't done it. Um, yeah, I mean, but that's another slippery slope, right? If they start repainting every yeah, clone. Um, but I, I've seen collectors with a uh, hundred or more clones. Yeah, they like, are pretty cool uh, looking. <laughs> it, it does look very cool. Um, yeah. And, uh, but it's like, wow, that's a ton of money and time. Because um, yeah, yeah. if he didn't repaint all of those, you know, the individual armors, um, because, you know what, at least the, the main dozen from a, a clone trooper battalion, at least the main dozen had unique armor and clothing. Yeah. Uh, but if he paid 200 bucks for each of those to have some custom guy do it, he's dropped a lot of coin into that, that little collection. Yeah. Um, so and you I mentioned Legos too. Oh yeah, uh, where yeah. hundreds of Lego clone troopers. You know, yeah, the guys got all lined up. We haven't even got into Legos yet, have we? <laughs> oh well, no, no, we haven't. That's a whole enterprise in and of itself. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So my son, we t- we talked Lego with our sons, and my son's an adult now, and the last five six years he's been focused on Legos, so he has tons of Legos. We do have some some shelves set up downstairs and. All his stuff. I remember. Saw him. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, some really cool builds there. But he's at the point where he's out of space. <laughs> what does he do? Right. But right. I, I think you get more value out of your Lego. They cost more, though, but I think you get more value out of the Lego set because you spend time building it, you know, sure. whether it's 10 minutes or an hour. And there's more, it's more tactile. You're putting this piece together with this piece, and then you got this assembled piece, and you attach it to the bigger piece. And, so it's, there's more of an interaction there. And I think that's why so many people love them. There's just more more to it than just buy a figure, put it on the mm-hmm. shelf. Right. And you can always take it all apart, put it in a box, forget about it for two years, and then take it back out of the box and build it again. Yeah, next week. Um, new, new and, and, it's, yeah, and, and it's still going to have that, like you said, that tactile value to it. Mm-hmm. The You know, um, how much fun you had that, that time. Um, so despite the cost, there there is a lot to it. Um, and uh, I picked up four ships one month that I was deployed um, because I, you know, I was working for 10 hours a day, but then the rest of the day I was sitting in a hotel room, like bored out of my skull. There was really nothing to do. Didn't always even have a, a car to, to go anywhere. Um, so when I did have a car, I'd run to Walmart or Target and pick up uh, a Lego ship and then spend, you know, one afternoon building it. And then the next week I got another one. And, um, then I was like, now I gotta fly home with these. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that was so dumb. I should have left them in their box. <laughs> but I was bored and wanted to build them. Yeah. Um, 
and and I mean, well, Legos is insane. I didn't realize what people are doing with Legos. Well, I mean, I did because I've seen like aircraft carriers, like mini fig scale aircraft carriers out of Lego. Um, and I should have guessed that people were doing Star Wars too. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen uh, uh, like on YouTube or on the internet um, the uh, mini fig scale um, architects, the light cruiser. I haven't seen that one. I've seen a, a full Imperial Star Cruiser or Star Destroyer. Yeah. The, the Architens is like 25 feet long, and it's minifig scale. It's insane. It's ridiculous. Um, or, or the uh, Starkiller base that one guy did. Uh, is it, it is, like the, the planet, or is it just like an, uh, a, a flat display? It, it's, a, it's a flat display, but okay. it's got like a, like a mountain. Um, so it's got um, like the, the big flags hanging off the wall. With all the troopers lined up and the ships, you know, parked around them, and Huck's giving his speech, and then it goes into the base, um, where there's like a hangar with ships sitting there, and um, and then it goes into more into the base, and there's that scene where Ray's climbing up the wall. So like if you look way into it, you'll see this Ray minifigure climbing up the wall. It's incredibly detailed. It's humongous. There's hundreds or thousands. I don't even know how many figures. I think he said in the video, but I was just like. I'm, I'm just looking at it, my jaws, you know, mouth's hanging open. I was just like, wow. Yeah. Um, um, but, I mean, this is something he takes around to display at shows, but where on earth do you display that at home? I don't think you can, unless you have a big garage or, like, some big space like that. And they have some of those things at celebrations, right? Where yes. You, I wonder if they assemble them there or if they, they're kind of glued together with the craggle. Yeah, they just kind of... Um, Partition I know the, the Architens was partially com- like built at home, but mostly built at the show. Because wow. the, the video showed them building it. Like there were sub-assemblies like, of some things, yeah. but they, they didn't use the craggle. So like it wasn't – a lot of it wasn't you know, solid enough to, to transport. But they had, had somebody build them 25 uh, wooden crates to haul the different assemblies. <laughs> Jeez, that's so um, awesome. Um, and so, you know, this was some big show in Australia where they were showing it off, and I'm sure it's going to end up other places. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that, that goes way beyond the collecting part of Lego and Star Wars. Um, and, yeah. But, I mean, Lego is like you got to buy it when you see it because yeah. the price is double, triple, quintuple as soon as they're, they're done, they're retired. done, right? Yeah. They, they do bring some back, but it's like... Um, it's still a little different the next time, right? Right, right. Yeah, they've done um, like the Jedi Starfighter maybe three times now, but each time it's slightly different. Yeah. There's multiple X-Wings, but um, the original was the best, and the other ones have been kind of poor imitations of it, smaller and less detailed. And um, Unless you go with the Ultimate Collector series, which is a yeah. whole other level of collecting. Yeah, those are pretty awesome. That Falcon. I got my son the the land speeder for his birthday a year ago, and that thing's big. I mean, it's they're it's, huge. Yeah, and it's it's one of the smaller ones. So right. Um, and talking about space limitations, right? Like action figures are nothing compared to some of these big things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where uh, like a shelf doesn't do it. You have to have a custom shelf for yeah. you know on a table. Yeah. Um, well, so I follow really this guy, sorry, I follow this guy, Udo King, on Instagram. I don't know if you can see it. Okay. Um, yeah, Udo King. Okay. He does Star Wars stuff, and he's got all kinds of displays. 
It's got the yeah. most nicely. So he's a pretty cool guy to follow as far as like seeing all the different Lego things. He does other things in Star Wars, but pretty awesome. So yeah, sorry. No, no, that, that's that's exactly the kind of stuff I, I like because, you know, it's just, it's incredible how creative these people are um, and just what the real love of Star Wars has, right? I mean, um, the, the the collecting leads to that sometimes because, you know, he wants most Eisley, but it wasn't really a set ever. Yeah. So he built it. Built it and himself, it, yeah. It's incredible. And it looks super cool. And... Um, it's just. Yeah. Can you imagine having the Ultimate Collector Series Falcon and then building Moss Eisley around it? Oh, based, based off that scale. I can imagine an awful <laughs> lot. Uh, <laughs> that would be like yeah. its own house, right? Yeah, yeah. You would need a very, very large room to yeah. to, to have that displayed, um, like a pole barn or something. Yeah. It's, um, it's cool, but yeah, you know, so it, awesome. it comes back to those limits, right? Yeah. yeah. I know. As a kid, the thing that I wanted most was to have like a hundred stormtroopers, so that I could do yeah, the hundred action figure stormtroopers, so I could recreate well, and not just stormtroopers, right? ATAT pilots and scout (laughs) troopers, troopers. snow troopers, so I could recreate those scenes from Jedi with Vader or the Emperor walking in, right? It's like oh, I always wanted like tons of them so they could be lined up looking cool, or Vader was surrounded by this whole platoon of stormtroopers and um never did it and um i I won't lie i have two royal guard so the emperor uh, my wife got me the emperor on the throne that uh amazon exclusive and um so one royal guard wasn't enough right i have two likewise guards yeah (laughs) and now i have files to 3d print a stand to raise his throne up and give it kind of the look of the second death star there yeah. The, the grating on the floor and the the glow, red glow and all that and um, okay, but well, display is an issue. Yeah, so you, you brought up three D printing a couple times. Um, what do you think the future of collecting is? Is it people just printing their own, or is doing their own custom stuff? Or we did have that thing with the Haslabs, where they built the I think the first one was Java Skiff, right? Right. And then what was the second one was um, the Razor Crest. Razor Crest. And then the third one, they were going to do the Raincore, right? Or They were, but that one failed, I believe. That, that one fell through. And they, they haven't announced one since, right? Uh, not for Star Wars. Yeah, um, yeah. In between, they did one for G.I. Joe. I think there was a Transformers one, too. Uh, I think so, yes. A Unicron one. Or maybe that was something different. But yeah. Um, no further Star Wars ones. No. Uh, and, and well, and when they fail, right, they really go back and, and think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think probably at least for the near future, before three D printing becomes more um, plug and play, because it's not plug and play yet. It's right? it's kind of difficult. It's tricky. Um, it's very tricky. Like I'm I'm walking through a, a repair on one with my son right now, and he's having a lot of trouble getting this part replaced, and um, he's you know. I'm not super mechanical and you know electrically oriented, so I never passed on any skills to him, and um, so he's really struggling with it. Um, and so when things break, and they do because they're machines that are that you know repetitive motion, things wear out and break. There's a lot of maintenance that goes into them that most people aren't ready for. Right. And um, 
the resin printing to get the high quality that you would want for collecting is messy and nasty and, and some of the resins are toxic and they stink and um, it's more sometimes more work than it's worth um, but it does allow like unlimited customization because there's some extremely talented designers out there creating 3d files that you can then print and customize okay. uh, different things with so there's there's options for that that was my next question is how do they get the files? Like who, who does the files to, cause there's that's the first step, right? Right. That's the first step. Um, there's incredibly talented designers out there and a lot of them, especially in the star Wars world, they're doing it for free. That's like, it's love of the hobby. So they're presenting the stuff and, and even if they sell it, it's not stupid prices. Um, there is one on Shapeways That's a 3d printing service. It's a guy who's printed X-Wing and Armada scale ships, or he's designed them for years. He doesn't sell his files, but he um, has a store on Shapeways where Shapeways will print it for you. But due to the cost increases there, they become prohibitively expensive. And people are like, dude, just sell me the files already. And he refuses. He's incredibly talented, but he refuses to sell the files. Where most of them, like if it's for a head sculpt, they're relatively inexpensive. It's a couple of bucks to buy the file and you can print as many as you want. Um, so before there was phase two clone troopers, there was a phase two file that you could 3D print, the, the helmet for phase two clone troopers. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of customization options. Um, I don't think it's ever going to be mainstream um, because once it's printed, you still got to paint it, you got to assemble it. And most people don't want that, right? And there's no package then either. Yeah, that's true. And, and for some collectors, it's in the package or... I, I, I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't know what percentage of collectors, you know, 100% want it in a package. Because like you said, you know, mentioned it, you would hunt for the best card pack. No creases, no scuffs, no, you know, no damage to it. Yeah. Um, and when you're customizing or printing your own, there's no package. I mean, I guess you could work up something and have Staples print it for you and yeah. wrap it around a box. I've seen that happen. People print um, their own thing going card back well yeah that's true because there is somebody out there that will like print your own card back and like and put your figure in it mm-hmm. and kind of make you yeah yeah so, uh, so you don't see it as like the future of collecting though because it's just at least at this point in the next five not, years or so it's just too not even complicated years. it's too complicated um, and it, it's not it's not perfect um, there's a very very steep learning curve and um, you're going to have a lot of failures. Uh, my resin printer that prints you know, the best quality, I've used it to print um, a whole bunch of ships, um, like, like X-Wing. Before the Razorcrest was released for X-Wing, I had one printed already. There was awesome files for it. It came out fantastic. It looked beautiful. It took, I don't know, 24 hours to print. But um, then I started having a series of failures. I haven't turned my resin printer on in a year because it was so frustrating. And, um, and that's a common thing in the 3D printing hobby. You know, they go gangbusters for a while and then frustrations with the printers or replacing parts or, you know, whatever, they sit for a time. And collectors don't want to do that, right? They, they, they just want their thing. Yeah. So I, it's not a replicator yet, right? When it becomes a replicator, absolutely. People just print their own. And then com- companies like Hasbro are going to have to really up their game. Um, yeah, I think at that point... Sorry, I think at that point they could just sell the file, like five bucks, right. 
right and then send you the packaging for five bucks right because that way they're still making money off their licensed product you're getting top quality the best sculpt you know because a lot of times you know the the sculpts are based off the actors and i don't know i don't know what the current 3d files are like if they do that as well but you know they do the the 3d scanning of the actors and then right do that i think that's more gentle giant stuff but less no the the black series like they upped it right and went to the photorealistic heads and even reprinted some of the figures with okay. much better sculpt heads. They're far more realistic than they were originally. Okay. Um, and, and then, of course, they're trying it. Uh, I'm trying to think what the, the series is called. Uh, the Selfie series? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It, um, it, and so there's that, right? Where... Um, they're doing the 3D printing and painting for you, and you're just paying for their expertise because those heads are, are they're coming from you know pictures off your phone, and they're creating a file and then printing it and painting it and attaching it to a body. Yeah. Um, How much are those? Like fifty or eighty, I think. 80. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, and which is, I was going to do it. I was going to get because I've always wanted to be a rebel pilot, and I was going to do it. But eighty bucks is beyond my price point. For, for one Black Series figure. 50 bucks, straight up, would have probably had two or three. At 80 bucks, I don't even have one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how popular it is and if they expand it. Because people have requested different bodies. Um, yeah, because it's only a select number, like the Rebel Pilots, the... What else? Stormtrooper, Mandalorian, yeah. but there's no helmets with the Mandalorian. Um, there's, I think four or five for Star Wars and the other ones are like Power Rangers and G.I. Joe. Okay. Uh, that would be so pretty sweet though. All right. Yeah. So then there's the custom stuff that you were talking about earlier. That's custom pretty... stuff's incredible. Uh, is there soft goods guys out there that do incredible like cloaks, like better textures than what comes with like Black Series? So you can replace parts versus going full custom and just have... Uh, um, they put wires, they sew wires into the cloak so you yeah. can get the whims, windswept. But they do like a like a, a a finer weave to the fabric so it's more realistic looking. Okay. And so that's like light customs. It's something a collector that wants to open his stuff and display it can make his look cooler than just the stock. Yeah. Um, so the customs are really cool. So yeah, some of, of those soft goods are just as bad as the vinyl capes, right? They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're stiff. Yeah, right. Very movable. Well, some of them just are vinyl, right? Yeah. Uh, Kylo Ren's, uh, and at least one of the Kylo Ren Black Series, it's vinyl. It's 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 not that good. Um, it's one of the ones that, once I'm done with my Black Series, then I'll start looking at replacing certain things with soft goods. So I'm four figures away. I keep saying that. <laughs> what about crowdsourcing? I mean, Haslabs has been doing these big, massive shifts that require you know, hundreds of dollars to be, um, what's the word, promised by the buyer. Right. What if they did, like, exclusive figures or ships that you, you know, pay 50 bucks? Like, if you were to go and buy a ship at the store, it's 30 bucks. But if you do Haslabs, it's 50 bucks. So not that much more. And then there's, like, it's kind of like Kickstarter, where you get the product, and then you get these bonus things, right? Um, 
So you pay 50 bucks, but then you get all the bonus things plus the ship that's maybe an exclusive ship that I haven't done before, or there's something special about it. Would there be a benefit to do smaller things instead of these huge, massive hundreds and hundreds of dollars, maybe thousands? I forget how much those those Java, the Java Skiff and the Razor Crest. Java was. Skiff was pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, the Razor Crest, I think, was 350 Okay. So um, more something more along the lines of that, but even smaller. What do you, what do you think? I think so, um, because it, yeah, there's, there's varying levels, right, of collectors. You know, there's the casual collectors who buy things here and there, and there's the medium collectors who, who buy a fair number of stuff and might be interested in, in exclusives. And then there's the hardcore that buy everything. And that hardcore is just a small percentage. Yeah. And uh, they, they found that limit to price and size and quality with Rancor. Um, and, and, and it, you know, it didn't meet it. I think a, a lower price point would open it up to more more collectors, more of the spectrum of collectors. Plus, it's got to be something that's cool. I mean, the Rancor is cool, but not that cool. It didn't grab my attention at all. No, me either. Like while the Razor crashed, I was like, "Oh, I want that. I don't have the money for it, but I would buy that." Yes, and, and I thought the same thing. So the Razor Crest was one of the coolest ships we've seen in Star Wars, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and I think that's why it was successful, right? And and it didn't go to the wire. It was successful ahead of time. Yeah, right off the bat. Pretty uh, right. Um, so yeah, if you pick cool things, and right, yeah. I think that's part of it. They gotta have good stuff. It's gotta be good, and yeah. there is a, a an upper price limit. And um, I'm not sure currently. At least Hasbro's paying attention to that. Disney's not paying attention to that. Um, with the current economy and the cost of of essentials, um, things like this suffer. And they really need to take a hard look at that when they're pricing things. Yeah. If, for sure. uh, so I think there is a, a future in it, okay. um, for sure. If there was some some stuff like that, um, that was cheaper, um, I would absolutely support it. And you know, support a couple probably, versus one giant one because one giant one's like, geez, this is so expensive. Yeah. But if it's spread out over a couple of years, I'll support a couple. Yeah. That razor crest was. And the skiff was, they were huge. I remember seeing them. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Like in person. Like you see them on, even in full scale next to someone, you're like, oh, that's big. <laughs> you see it in person. You see it in you're person. Like, Whoa. Like, Holy smokes. You can see why it's that much money, but I, mean, I sure. didn't think it'd be worth it. But geez, that's still a lot of money. Oh, and, and that's it, right? Making them that big, the, the cost of the molding skyrocket. And so the price of it goes up. Yeah. If it's smaller, there's less molds. And and you can sell it at a, at a lower price point and, and reach a wider audience. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that Rancor was a misstep for Hasbro. I think another mis big misstep that recent was the lack of figures for Rise of Skywalker. I think they had five or six, less than ten, if I remember correctly, and then they didn't have a Darth Sidious. Which was like, you know, ends up being the main villain of the whole trilogy. Right. It's huge. It's still this huge talking point, and no Darcy's action figure for Episode Nine. So I think just that alone. I mean, there's a lot of characters in in that yeah, movie. Yeah, there's a ton. They didn't do any, hardly any. It's ridiculous. Any big missteps that you can think of or mistakes? See, that, one's a, that one's a huge one because. 
that would have been a figure if you you know you do them hanging there with kind of a backdrop oh, yeah. of plastic, right? Yeah. It would have been bigger. It would have been cost a little more, but it definitely would have been a centerpiece of people's collections. Yeah. Um, so a huge misstep. Um, yeah, I, I don't. It's just it's the weird weird way that they pick and choose who they produce and who they don't. I don't really understand it. Um, I, again, going back to fives. Uh, yeah. A fan favorite, right, during the Clone Wars, and yeah. they've never released him. But, you know, you've got Jesse as a as a character. Um, Jesse's or, cool, but he wasn't, like, a main right. character, right? He's, he's cool and, like, cool. I'm glad he's there. It's awesome. Yeah. But then there's other ones that are like, well, he was cool or cooler than some of the ones you did produce. Yeah. So I, I don't know where the logic is. So to me, that's kind of a misstep um, because some of them literally are just a repaint. Um, so, I mean, and that's the cheapest part of it. <laughs> the, yeah. the molds, uh, are by far the most expensive part of any of the action figures. Um, the painting is the cheapest, especially for like a clone trooper because all your, your screen printing them and, and that silk screen little doodad that you just add into the, the production line, that's pennies on the dollar compared to the rest of it. And you could, geez, you could do so many, um, or just other characters. There's so many characters in all these movies that they don't produce. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's like, why not? You know, why do we have four of this one and none of this one? I mean, we have Han Solo and every outfit he wore throughout the entire, you know, movie series. Multiple. Yeah. Multiple versions uh, of it. And then we don't have other people, and it's it's odd. Um, yeah. I agree. What's a, is there a figure? Well, it's a two-part question. What's what's your favorite figure, collectible toy, comic, whatever? And what do you wish they would that they haven't yet? Um, my favorite. Geez, that's that's tough because I kind of have yeah. a favorite through through all of them. Okay, what is something like top five? It, um, whatever. The Black Series Mando and Beskar. Is probably one of my favorite Black Series figures. Just this shiny Beskar is just super cool, and yeah. you know, it, like the the series kind of I don't know didn't reawaken because I was really into Star Wars, but just like wow, <laughs> um, yeah. this is just this is everything Star Wars should be. And this character is awesome, and his armor is super cool, and this dude's a bad mofo, and I love it. So that's probably one of them, um, and. Uh, Probably another one would be um, the Royal N1 for the, the X-Wing game because that was a con exclusive, but then the con got canceled. And then um, it became, and I don't remember the exact way to get it because I had everybody in my family try to get it. Um, and then I ended up only getting one out of all of the entries. But I still got one. And um, it was just like, you know, that was one of those things where like, I'll probably never get this. And then I did. So I was like, you know, it's, it was really cool. Um, and, uh, by not, you know, I, I don't go to all of the star Wars conventions. So like, I don't have the option to get all of the exclusives. And then that one, there was no convention. So it's like, you know, they're going to sell them, right? Yeah. Like it's manufactured and packaged and ready to go. Which convention how do you, was that? Um, that would have been, was uh, that a celebration? Yeah, it was celebration. Uh, the twenty twenty. Yeah, the, yeah, the twenty twenty celebration. 
Okay. Um, is I mean, you go back to to uh, Phantom Menace, right? Um, the Royal uh, Shuttle was super cool, right? The Chrome, you're just like that is sweet. Yeah, that's why I like Phasma, just that Chrome armor. So it's awesome. Right. Yeah. And then when they had the N ones in the Royal livery, and that was you know it was like oh that's really really cool. I mean, pe- people had done their own and used like Chrome pens and made them even shinier than the, the con exclusive but it was exclusive so it means a lot yeah. <clears throat> it's got the packaging with it too right it's not I, it's not in the package anymore i'm not gonna oh. lie <laughs> <laughs> well at one point it was and it looked really at one cool point it was, yeah um the uh the ahsoka's uh, jedi fighter that you got me from last uh, star wars convention mm-hmm. or celebration um, is still in the package because i was like ah. I opened the other one. I don't want to open this one. It's like, but I do. I was like, maybe I should just repaint another. So I've got like five Jedi Starfighters downstairs to repaint in different, different paint jobs. So um, those are two of my favorites. Um, I mean, I wish I still had it. I loved the Y-Wing that I had when I was a kid. Um, it dropped a bomb and it made noise and the landing gear came out and you could put an actual R2 in it, unlike the X-Wing where R2 was like part of it. Yeah. And you pushed it pushed R2 to open the, the wings, the, the S-foils. Yeah. In this one, like R2 went in it. So when, you know, whoever was flying landed, he could take his, his astromech out with him for the adventure. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just a super ton of nostalgia um, connected with that one. And won't lie, I've looked at it multiple times on eBay and thought, like, <laughs> I should drop the hammer and buy it. So yeah. those are probably my three favorites. Okay. Cool. How about you? For me, um, it's hard to pick, like you said. I I do like this one's kind of cheating, but I want to lump it all into one. Is the they had the what do you call it the the concept art release of line of figures, and it came with a little coin, um, like a plastic coin, um, the Macquarie concept art. Okay, line, right. The three and three quarter. It came out. They had uh, some exclusives at. Um, Star Wars Celebration 4, they had 3PO and R2, you could get there, and then from there they kind of sold the line in stores, so I got that, and I thought, I'm just a really, I'm a big fan of the concept art, just the art style figures that they release, <clears throat> so those are, those are some of my favorites right there, and they did, I think they did all of them, all the main characters for sure, and um, they had the the stormtrooper with the shield and the lightsaber and that concept there so that was pretty cool another one is um that you can kind of see right over my shoulders there's the anakin and obi-wan episode three mustafar duel and they're like shiny red they have like a red tint to them okay and so those are that's why they're still a package sitting there those are some just the way they their design looks really cool Oh, uh, there was another one I was thinking of while we were talking, but uh, I can't remember. Probably outside of figures, though, would be um, I have this book. It's um, so a few years ago. It's probably been at least ten years now. <clears throat> they Dark Horse released a comic book series called The Star Wars, and it was. A comic book based off the original draft of Star Wars. So there's like 
the names are there, some of the story elements are there, but the designs are just totally different. And some, you know, so it's and it's an exclusive item that was sold. So it's in a box. You open the box, and then there's like three books inside the box, and one's kind of like a I can't remember, just drawings of different things. And then there's a big one that has all the comics collected into one story, and it's you know super nice packaging and it looks really cool so i would say that is probably one of my favorites as well the the star wars collector's edition i guess is what it's called so that's probably one of my favorites um yeah it's probably those three those three things my favorites um something that i wish i had that i don't hmm. Is there anything that you can think of off the top of your head right now? Uh, probably an AT-AT from the original series. Mm -hmm. Just because I never had it and always wanted it. I was jealous of every kid that had it. Yeah. Even though it ate like 10 D batteries <laughs> <Yeah>. a week. <laughs> yeah. Just because it was, it was big and cool. and yeah. I just always wanted it when I was a kid. Never had it. and Even though I could buy it now, it's like, uh, maybe I'll just keep it as a dream. Well, for me, outside of the rocket firing Boba Fett, Mellow exclusive from <laughs> <laughs> 1980 or whatever it was. Uh, I, I don't. I don't even remember seeing that. I don't either. Yeah, like at the time, I I got the second Mellow which was the the Zuckus and Forlom figures. Right, I did too. That they messed yep. up the names. <laughs> yeah. So I did get those, and somehow I sent it away, and I got like three, three of them. <laughs> they, I got one, and I was like, "Sweet, it came!" And then like a couple of days later, another one came. And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and then another one came. And I was like, "Okay, cool." I and I, if that's what happened. <laughs> uh, I got the emperor. Oh yeah. And my mom had sent away for it, and you know I didn't pay attention to the mail. Um, but three of, we had three of them and, and, you know, like back then, I think she played it off. I got one for each of you. But, yeah. <laughs> like, again, it was Star Wars G.I. Joe He-Man, you know, it wasn't Star Wars for everybody. So I wonder if, uh, yeah. if there was, if they just sent three and my mom was like, sweet, I got three Christmas gifts, one for each kid. <laughs> yeah. 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 I ended up giving the other two to my friends who were, had all this stuff. They didn't have that. So okay. I gave it to them. <laughs> Um, yeah, so outside of that, um, uh, probably the, the leg, I don't do Legos, but I would do this Lego set, the Millennium Falcon Ultimate Collector Series, you know, the yeah, that's 800, a good one. 800 bucks or whatever it is. 870 now, price went up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I probably, that's, that's probably like the, the big thing I would want. It'd just be awesome to display in your living room. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't yeah. think the wife would go for it. Well, actually, Rochelle might go for it because she loves Legos, too. She does like putting together Star Wars Legos. Okay. So maybe, but probably not. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's like kitchen table, dinner table size yeah. display area, right? Yeah. We probably have to put it downstairs in the Star Wars room. Everybody needs a Star Wars room. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Um... Anything else that you can think of for collecting? I mean, it's been, <laughs> it's been almost two hours, like an hour and 40, hour and 45. 
a lot longer than we than we thought. <laughs> we wrote yeah, these, I mean, these ideas geez. out. It's like we're like, oh yeah, it'll be an hour maybe. Right. We probably have enough <laughs> stuff for an hour and like yeah. here we are. Um, anything else though? No, I mean I just other than if, if you're thinking about it, do it. Grab grab you know, a few things. Um you're never gonna regret the things you have. You always yeah. regret the things you don't. Because when they go away, then you're like, well, I really wish I had that and can't afford it because it's silly expensive. Or you, even if you can, you just don't want to. Um, have some Star Wars figures around. Like, let people know that you're a Star Wars nerd. Um, there's uh, whatever the newest Black Series figure in my house, um, they stay on our island for weeks or months. Um, I've got uh, Luthen and Bix having a conversation over there, and Mara Jade's got her lightsaber out, and Axe Wolves is ready to take down remnant stormtroopers they're all chilling on our islands um so when people come over they know that this is a star wars house yeah um pick up things that are cool because you won't regret it you know you don't have to collect everything you can't it's impossible you're not going to be rancho obi-wan <laughs> yeah we all want to be but we won't be it, you're right it's impossible at this point so um yeah i mean we talked about Focus collecting. One of the guys, uh, I had asked someone to be on our podcast. He had a schedule conflict, so he's not here, but he collects Boba Fett. I mean, he's got all some of the old ones. He's got all the new stuff, and that's his thing is Boba Fett so, and some Empire stuff. But, you know, so if, if you haven't started or you don't know where to start, just, you know, hey, what's my favorite Star Wars character? Because that lets you do, you can do other things too, right? You can pick up like Prince. You can get a cool print of Boba Fett, you know, to display with whatever, you know, like if you got any action figures and yep. and you can have multiple versions and it's it's doable. You know, it's it's limited. You can easily find online how many, like whatever there is. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get all the Boba Fett action figures and, he, you know, in a couple of years you can make that happen. Mm-hmm. And then yep. there's other cool stuff to go with it. Uh, yep. Yeah, I remember, I mean, collecting has been fun. It's been frustrating at times. It's been a little like, oh, why did I buy that? <laughs> but I have it, so it's cool, you know. So overall, it's been it's been good. I mean, I'm glad it's changed to where it is now in some ways, in the sense that, you know, because I used to drive around. Like I get off work on the way home from work or a lunch break, I'd swing by the Walmart and see what they have. You know, do these toy runs and. A yeah. lot of times you came up empty-handed and you went, oh, I just wasted an hour. That was stupid. So not only are you frustrated you didn't get it or find something, right. you're right. like, oh, I just wasted all this time. Um, but nowadays you can kind of see where, you know, you can order online, which can be very convenient and very frustrating because the exclusives sell out in 30 seconds or less and you don't get it. But I think they're starting to get away from that a little bit more. But So... It's been quite the journey for me to be a collector, Star Wars collector, uh, in the past 20 years. Had a lot of fun with it. Uh, one of the things I do for Star Wars celebrations is I I always get figures. If I don't, the last one we went to, they didn't really have any exclusive figures. You could pre-order one, but that was dumb. Um, but I always try to come away with some collectible item. I've been doing collecting the pins. I've been collecting shirts, um, posters, prints. You know, so there's always something, and you just come away with it, and you're like, sweet, I love this stuff. The key is to stay, like we talked about earlier, stay within the bounds that you can afford. Yeah, because it's a, it's a 
a slippery slope to, you know, that because there is so much stuff now. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're 40 some years on and, um, there's so much stuff out there, um, beyond just like action figures and toys. Right. Um, there's all kinds of stuff, um, the lightsabers and clothing and prints and books and, um, you just need to focus and you need to set limits because if not, you can go nuts yeah. and then have a, a, a house full of stuff and no one to talk to and share it with. Because <laughs> I mean, for all of the collecting, I mean, that's, I think a lot of that, um, the times of when I wasn't a collector, even it, the, the memories of, of having that stuff of playing with it with my brothers and cousins and friends and, and then talking about it with friends and, um, like you said about the catalog, like looking at it, like because all the kids at school were talking about it. Did you see the new catalog? Did you see the Star Wars stuff that's going to be released for Christmas this year? And how awesome is that going to be? And um, like, there's been a lot of joy in it over the years. Um, frustrations too, because I've done the drive around and come up empty-handed and been, you know, complaining the whole way home about Target exclusives and yeah. why there why there was only four in the store and why the manager's allowed to buy all four. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, there's some fun in the chase, and there's the joy in sharing it. Like watching my kids play with Star Wars toys, I was just super excited. Like building Legos so that they can fly them around and have adventures, and and uh, it's just it's it's been great for 40 plus years. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, let us know what you guys think, what you guys collect, if anything. Yeah how your collecting experiences have gone, if they've been different than ours, similar to ours. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys are having fun collecting as well. Thanks for watching this podcast or listening to this podcast. We appreciate it. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our, our podcast. We'd appreciate that. It doesn't cost anything. We don't, uh, you know, reach out to our followers and try to sell them stuff outside of, <laughs> You know this thing we're not gonna sell your your name to some company so they can spam you but uh but you know so subscribe to our channel let us know what you think comment on the video like the video all that good stuff so we appreciate that we appreciate uh the new listeners that we've gotten we picked up in the last you know a couple months great to guys great to have you guys here along with us and hopefully you can comment and we can have conversations online so Thanks for joining us, and we will catch you next time. May the Force be with you. Happy collecting.